0: How are we doing? And welcome once again, my friend, to Station B-O-B, where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Rob. What's going on? All right, let me get right down to it. You know, my father passed away last week. So this is not the best of times for me. However, I as I know my father, I I I do know and believe he would want me, you know, to keep the party going, keep the podcast going. And so that's exactly what I intend to do. However, today's topic is very much about, you know, my father today. And so let me just um jump right on in regarding the name of the topic and getting into the content. And so the topic today is what it's like to pull the plug on your parents' life. Yeah, that's right. To pull the plug on your parents' life. And what do I mean by that? Well, I, I will explain that as I, you know, begin the discussion. And so my father actually passed away on Monday, March twentieth, twenty three. And what seemed to be one of the most troubling and very sad things for me during this time that my father um I mean, let me just let me just say that again. He passed away on March twenty. March 20th of this month. And however, prior to his passing, he had been hospitalized in an emergency room. And then he was sent to a nursing home for rehabilitation and then back to the hospital. So let me just, you know, uh, set this discussion up the right way. So, what I was saying is what seemed to be one of the most troubling and very sad things for me during this time that my father's health and just overall his life, he seemed to rapidly decline health wise, you know, the way he looked and he, um, he lost so much weight. And I mean, he just seemed to, to, to look very old, if you will, overnight. And so, you know, as it relates to that, you know, I had to make a very tough decision. And I had to decide whether my father would go home, you know, from from the hospital or the nursing home as he had wished and he would, you know, would have preferred to die at home. So my decision, again, had to do with whether or not my father remained in the nursing home or would I, you know, give the the hospital permission to send him home so he could die at home as he wished? And um, the, the irony of this whole decision is that many years ago, in a discussion I had with my father regarding the whole idea of whether or not to pull the plug or not to pull the plug in the event that my father was in a life or death situation, you know, like being on a respirator where he was perhaps brain dead. And my father had strongly advised me back then that under those circumstances to pull the plug as he would not want his life sustained in that fashion. And so that, is a discussion, as I said, we had some years ago. And so now that time is here, and to be faced with it the way I was made it a very hard decision to contemplate. You know, when I had that discussion with my father way back when, it seemed easy enough because it wasn't a real scenario, and he was very strong in terms of his um, conviction with you know the idea that I should pull the plug you know in the event that his he was in this life or death situation and so before I get into the actual experience I had while contemplating that decision I first want to provide you with the story of what led up to me having to decide to pull the plug so to speak on my father's life and so sometime in late February of this year, my father was rushed to the emergency room at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital in New York City. You know, he had been falling, you know, to the floor in the middle of the night as he tried to walk to, to the bathroom, you know, as he was, uh, you know, awaken out of his sleep. And, of course, all of the lights in his apartment would be out. And so after falling, he was unable to get up on his home, on his own. But somehow, my father was able to uh, get to his phone where he would call a neighbor. He had two neighbors in his building, one a male and one a female, uh, Rhonda. And Rhonda and and the other um, person, Mario, they were both very helpful, but especially Rhonda. She was the person who came forward at my father's request to, you know, look after him for um, some of his needs as an elderly person. However, you know, that did not include him falling on the floor, going to the bathroom on himself, needing her to bathe him, feed him, and things of that sort. I mean, things got bad real fast for my father. So eventually, one weekend, as my father had fell several times in this particular neighbor helped him up off the floor during the day in the middle of the night, the neighbor called an ambulance and my father was taken to the emergency room at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. And while at the hospital, my father spent a lot of time tucked away in a corner with with what seemed to be little or no medical attention. And my father was very unhappy to be there. He was very unhappy to be out of his home As it was his desire to not only die at home, but in his mind, because he seemed to be in his right mind, he just wanted to be home so he could do what he wanted to do. But physically and realistically, he was unable to do that. So the idea that he was totally incapacitated in this scenario, you know, my father was bedridden, weak, and experiencing a a variety of ailments. He had pneumonia, he had some type of infection, and then I had been informed that my father had cirrhosis of the liver. Not to mention that at this point he, he only weighed 90 pounds. Now, when my father was at his best, he was 5 feet tall, 11 inches. And now he was reduced or diminished to just weighing 90 pounds. And for the record, you know, my father developed cirrhosis of the liver in connection with hepatitis B, you know, that was not attributed to Abuse of alcohol My father did drink But he didn't drink He drank socially rec- uh, Recreationally But he didn't drink to the point That would render him You know Sick with cirrhosis of the liver I just wanted to give you That backstory Of what my father was dealing with And why this situation Was you know So tough and sad for me As it relates to having to pull the plug on the life of my father, as I will explain in more details in a minute or in a few minutes. So after several days, it was determined by the medical staff at at Columbia Presbyterian Hospital that my father would be transferred to a nursing home for rehabilitation to strengthen his legs so he can walk again and better manage himself at home, especially since he lived alone in his apartment in the Bronx. Now, you know, that in theory that would be a great idea, that he would go to, you know, get physical therapy and be able to return home to his apartment. However, in the back of my mind, it seemed clear to me that my father would not be returning home after this so-called rehabilitation. I mean, just based on his physical presentation that I observed while visiting my father, I did not, you know, I didn't think he was going to die. It was just, it was more like I knew he could not sustain his life at home on his own because of his current physical condition. Anywho, like in the hood, that's another way of saying anyhow. So anywho, my father was transferred to the nursing home for rehabilitation. And it did not seem to go very well for him because not only did my father weigh 90 pounds, but also he was not eating and he was refusing to cooperate with the rehab staff for what they were trying to do to rehabilitate him. Then the nursing home Contacted me to inform me That my father required medical attention Because they detected some issues with his health You know, I guess, along with the other issues That I had, you know, stated previously So I requested that the nursing home Please transfer my father to the VA hospital Where his primary care physician is located Along with all of his medical records not to mention that the VA hospital was Is right across the street I mean literally Right across the street from the nursing home However The nursing home person that I was talking to Told me that their rules Required them to send my father back To Columbia Presbyterian In the emergency room Where, where they got him Where they received him And I found that to be very disturbing because my father received poor care from the hospital during his stay there, and that's no knock on the hospital. That's just the reality. When I visited him in the emergency room, it was very crowded, and every time I tried to speak to a nurse who was, you know, uh, just dashing through the emergency room From one patient to another All of these different nurses were telling me Well he's not my patient I, I can't deal with him right now And you have to speak to this person And that person and the other person However I had never found a person That I was supposed to speak to Even though eventually I, I, wound up, I wound up speaking to A social worker Who was very helpful So as I was saying I found that transferring my father to Columbia Presbyterian would be disturbing because he received, you know, little, if anything, you know, any kind of medical attention during his stay there. And he seemed to be cast away into some corner and left alone for extended periods of times, extended periods of times, as my father had said. And he also said that he wasn't receiving proper medical attention. You know, perhaps that was true, perhaps it was not true, but I'm really not intending to bash the hospital. Not to mention that I was born at that hospital some years ago, Columbia Presbyterian, but I just wanted to share with you what my father was saying. So I did not think it was a good idea to send my father back to that hospital. Yet the nursing home person insisted that their rules required that my father be sent to the hospital instead of the VA hospital, which was right across the street. Now get this, Columbia Presbyterian is was maybe 10 to 15 miles away from the nursing home in another borough of New York City, more than a half an hour away. And so I said to the nursing home person that their rules should not prevail over the importance of my father's life. It should be his life over the rules, not the rules over his life. However, that person maintained his stance on the rules to send my father back to where they received him from, you know, at Columbia Presbyterian. And so I told the nursing home person that there are no rules. You know, there are no rules. For instance, I, I told I told him I said we have a former president who tried to overthrow his own government and now he is running for office to be the president of the United States again. Now if a man can do that without impunity, then there are no rules. And these so-called rules we are discussing cannot and should not deny my father proper medical care. Then I ask the person to please speak to a supervisor or someone who can make a better decision to send my father to the VA hospital. And you know what's so funny about that? My father used to always say, Rob, we do not deal with any lieutenants. We go straight to the top. And so now here I am in a scenario as it relates to my father's life. We're dealing with a lieutenant. And so I asked that lieutenant to find a decision maker who could decide to modify the rules and make the proper decision to send my father to the VA hospital. And so that gentleman told me that he would look into that for me. And then an hour later, he called me back to inform me that my father would be sent or transferred to the VA hospital. And so I was totally appreciative of that decision. Now, as it relates to the decision I had to make to pull the plug on the life of my father, That's what I wanted to talk to you about. And so before we do that, I'm going to step out the way to let a promo in, and we'll pick up the discussion on the other side of the break.
1: Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner, Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. And his first book, The Choices We Make, You will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show.
0: All right. Welcome back. So... How am I doing? I mean, tough circumstance. I'm doing the podcast, moving forward as my father would want me to. Let me know. How am I doing? Okay, thank you very much. I really appreciate that under the circumstances. And so to continue on, I just wanted to now move into The decision I had to make to pull the plug on the life of my father. And so, while at the VA hospital, the Veterans Administration Hospital, the medical team, they were keeping me abreast of my father's decline in health. While at the same time, while I'm visiting my father, you know, he was clearly demonstrating to me and others that he was strongly in his right mind and he consistently consistently demanded to go home then one morning i get a call from a doctor who informed me that they decided it would be best that my father be transferred to to hospice care which is where you know elderly people are sent to be made more comfortable whatever their ailments are you know, they're not treated aggressively medically. They're just, you know, made to feel comfortable and given painkillers and so on and so forth until the time come comes that the bell tolls for thee and they pass away. And so um and, you know, and this and so I asked the doctor on this day, you know, when when they plan to transfer my father to hospice care. And the doctor stated that my father would be sent there by 1 you know she said 1 p.m. today and at when I was informed it was already 11:15 a.m. so that that would be a little over a, a little over an hour and a half that my father was scheduled to be transferred to hospice care So I was taken aback by the suddenness of this decision and confused because when I saw my father last, he was very attentive. Although, you know, he was bedridden if you will, but he, he knew what was going on and he was attentive and aware of his whereabouts and, and and upset that he was in a nursing home as opposed to his own home. So, you know, But prior to the doctor calling me, you know, my father was not moving around a lot. And, um, you know, so the doctors made this decision. And so after talking to the doctor, you know, about the idea of having to decide to send my father to hospice care versus sending him home, you know, to be home where he could die, where he requested, I burst into tears. I I called some family members about me having to make a decision to send my father to hospice care to die when he wanted to go home, as he frequently expressed to me. And so I felt like if I made that decision at that time to pull the plug on his life, but let's keep in mind, he had not died at this time. You know, and when I last saw him, as i said he 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 was in his right mind, he knew where he was, and he knew what was happening and so Although he had been somewhat you know um sluggish, if you will, over the past day or so, I felt like had he awakened from the condition that he was in, and then I made a decision to Send him to hospice care I felt like I would have been Betraying him And I did not want to do that You know to my father So it was a very tough decision For me So I asked the doctor If she could just Push that decision Back to later in In the day to see if my father you know came around Because he had not died yet And as I said when I saw him last He was in his right mind I'm sure he was you know somewhat out of it But he was mostly in his right mind And so um, my point was that you know if he came around And he showed the spunk that he had previously continued to show while being in his right mind, then that would help my decision as to whether or not, you know, I didn't want him to uh, wake up and say, Hey, where, you know, where am I? When am I going home? What, what is happening? And then, uh, you know, a a medical person would say to him, sir, you've been referred to hospice care or you're not going home. I, I didn't, you know, I just didn't want him to be faced with that. So I wanted to, to you know delay that decision to see if he would come around or if he didn't come around then I felt better to make the decision to you know send him to hospice care so the good doctor agreed to extend the time before transferring my father to hospice care and I felt so relieved as the doctor stated that She thought it was a a reasonable request on my part, and the VA hospital will grant my request, which they did. Unfortunately, my father did not respond later that day, and he subsequently died. And although years ago my father boldly told me to pull the plug on his life, in reality... When the time came, it was still a very tough decision. But I feel better today, even though he, you know, he has passed away. But I did the best I could under the circumstances, and I have no regrets, you know, as it worked out the way, you know, uh, or it didn't work out the way he requested, I should say. And so with that. You know, my father lived a full life. He definitely did it his way. He was a very uncompromising individual, but he had lots of style. And in many cases, he was a complicated man, but he was stylish. Uh, He had lots of charm, even though... You know, many of us think charm is good, (laughs) but in many cases, charm is not, you know, really what we think it is. But he was a well-rounded guy. He lived a long life. He did things his way. And I am forever grateful that as my father, you know, he was very much a part of my life. And for that, I will for always be thankful. And so that's all for now, as I will leave it right there. My father's funeral service is in a couple of days. Please bear with me for my absence from the podcast, Mike, as I have been dealing with this issue regarding my father for the past several months. But I plan to come back strong and keep the podcast going as he would expect and want me to do. So until we meet again, remember life is good even when it ain't. And love is an action, not a word. And it is not supposed to hurt Pace. As we wrap up this show I hope this topic helped you to grow And now you know a little bit more Than you knew before If you have any questions about this topic please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org to learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.